classes and campaigns and pastors' trainings and books and resources. One of my favorite men of the faith, Charles Spurgeon, expressed, For all men who dare to be obedient, the untold power of a small decision for God, when he observed, We do not know all that we are doing when we risk for our faith. Great wheels turn on little axles. Yes, my brother, I had no idea how big a small decision to do what God was asking me to do would be for my own life and eventually for countless other men. Ditching the safe life. Predictability. Control. Safety. Comfort. The book you're listening to is about exploring God's feelings on how those subjects fit, or better yet, don't fit, in your quest toward becoming God's man. In fact, when you come across some principles that we're going to talk about that make you pause, just consider ways to apply the principles of risk in your own life. As with all God's men, the first disciples had their own oh mama moments with Christ. Each of them was on a journey to fulfill God's purposes for his life. Aware of this, Jesus knew he had to address the whole issue of risky commitment if the disciples were to succeed in their mission after he'd conquered the cross. He was both direct and uncomfortably honest. Listen to these words. Then Jesus began to tell him that he, the Son of Man, would suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the leaders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, and three days later he would rise again. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and told him he shouldn't say things like that. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples and then said to Peter very sternly, Get away from me, Satan. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then he called his disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. If any one of you wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. That's from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 35. You see, Satan had already tried to sabotage Jesus at the outset of his ministry through promises of pleasure and power and protection. Jesus heard him again trying to lie to Peter. Real spiritual warfare surrounds every good man God wants to use. So he got real. He told Peter and his disciples exactly what was going on. He wanted them and us to know the very real risks we take to follow him. It means giving up the life you may have expected you'd live, to live the one God calls you to live. What's more, Jesus makes clear to his men that all the energy they might spend trying to eliminate risk would actually work against his purposes in their lives. Jesus knew that very shortly the chips would be down for his guys, and the only true option would be to bet it all. It could not have been a more desperate situation, so he made it plain. Take risks for me, and you'll find life, he said. Hedge your bet, and you'll lose it all. Jumping into risk. Tension. Unpredictability. Letting go. Adrenaline. Oh yeah, baby, jumping off things is in our DNA. It took me about two seconds 
to come up with my short list of things I used to love jumping off. The roof, into the cold pool, trampolines, the swings, a pogo stick to Billy Joel music, 857 times in my parents' garage. Jumping over Calabasas Creek with my yellow Schwinn bike and jumping into mischief for the simple thrill of it. How about you? Our fathers and mothers looked at us and said, what were you thinking? And we said, I don't know. And that was the truth. There was no explanation. We were boys. We were stretching the limits of our courage, testing the limits of our abilities, and risking injury for the rush of what was on the other side of the experience. As boys, we lived for that freedom and risked life and limb naturally. What an awesome life purpose. It's not a mystery that Jesus used a little boy to answer the spiritual significance question. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Imagine being a first century man looking on, wondering the same thing. What can I do here that will make me significant up there with God? Jesus looked at